Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Starting a Record Label. This week we're on episode 3 and we get to have a little bit of an interview with a band called The Dares. They were signed to Jive a long time ago and they had kind of an NFE time, uh, let's just say that. And so I kind of wanted to pick their brain and try to apply that a little bit to what I wanted to do. But other than that, things are starting to go in the you know, direction that I'd like them to go. Uh, in the future, I definitely want to start to figure out like how much money I'll need and uh, what I can kind of offer. I think those will be separate podcasts in the future. Definitely things uh, I need to figure out. Right now, my sleep schedule is so stupid messed up, and I keep getting on a good one, and then I, then I do something like tonight and work all night and do some recording and then try to do the podcast late. You know that thing I talked about last podcast or the podcast before? Where I was like, hey, I want to batch these things so that, you know, I don't need to rush and try to get them out. Well, guess what? Everyone got sick the one week, and we all got put, you know, behind schedule. So here we are again. But I feel like uh, me in general, uh, flying by the seat of my pants is what I kind of do best. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we don't have any hard dates, hard dates set up yet. Uh, Obviously, we don't have a band yet. But one of the nice things that uh, happened, surprising things that happened this week, was uh, me seeing a lot more articles about the music industry needing to change and adopt some of these things that I've been talking about. Finn McKenney from the Punk Rock MBA podcast, he does that a lot, as well as his normal Punk Rock MBA YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out or the podcast, you totally check that out. But uh, Rockfeed is a YouTube rock news channel. You know, even rock music starting to take advantage of new media and content creation. I love seeing that stuff pop up in my feed every week. Definitely check them out. But before I started talking about this, like last year, I was like, hey man, nobody's doing this stuff. And it's really exciting to see bands starting to come around to this idea. The idea that business marketing needs to be a part of your band and that it's not a four letter word anymore. It's easy to see YouTubers do this and they're like, crap, these guys are making real money. We could do it too. And what would be nice is to see a lot more uh, marketing aspects taken into bands at their shows even uh, and at the merch and online. You have no idea how many times I've seen a band at a bar or somewhere else and I see, oh, hey, they got a merch table. Let me, let me just look over there and see what's going on. No email list whatsoever. No way to contact people that might have come to the show. They didn't even say something from the stage like, hey, go check out our merch. But hopefully things will start to change in that way too. So anyway, this week I uh, actually got to record a band that I've recorded quite a few times before. They're a great band. They're called The Dares. Which uh, which is funny is that Angie sees this as like fun for me, and I'm not going to lie. Recording good music is very fun. <laughs> to have a really good time. But we were kind of trying to cut some corners and, and save some money, so we were trying to do some stuff at their practice space. Like we did bass there and whatnot, and we were even trying to do some background vocals just so we can save some money. There's a lot of things that you can overdub and a lot of things you can do at home. But, you know, for drums especially and uh, guitars sometimes, you need a decent-sized room to do so. And a lot of good mics. So, but uh, like I said, we were down at their practice spot in Santa Ana and we were having a good time and uh, we kind of got blasted out by the punk rock band next door and so I was like you know what hey guys I wanted to kind of you know do a, do an interview with you guys earlier in their career they had been signed to Jive Records and they have kind of a an interesting take on 
the music industry that way because they were told they were signed for one reason and then a whole nother reason kind of emerged after they were signed. So that's pretty interesting. You guys can you guys can definitely listen to that. I kind of more wanted to know like, hey, what are some things that I, I need to look out for? Because uh, the biggest part of this is I want to be like completely honest with all these bands um, and I want them to, to trust me 100%. And that's going to be hard with uh, someone you don't really know. I know that record labels do not have that trust, you know, there's so many horror stories, <laughs> so many, even indie record labels, there's a ton of horror stories. Uh, so I wanted to say, Hey, you know, what were some of the things that they did that well, I want to make sure I don't do at all. <laughs> um, so we got down to talking and, um, yeah. Hi, I'm Matt. No way, I'm not Matt. <laughs> no. I was just going to do the whole thing. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Matt. And, and I'm Ben. And we're the Dares. Yeah, plus two other guys yeah. that aren't here. <laughs> that sounded too egocentric. We decided to like to do some, some recording at these guys' practice space, and it's just a little bit noisy, so we're taking a little bit of a break. Now that the punk band has stopped. <laughs> <laughs> just, they're pretty gutter punk. So I'm starting a record label. I think I, I just told you guys a little bit about it. And mm-hmm. uh, I know you guys had, since you guys got signed by... Uh, Jive. 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 Yeah. Uh, how did that whole thing go down? Like, how did it, how did, how did that start? Like, I, I want to kind of like look and see like what you guys might have went through that maybe I can either emulate or things that I can not emulate <laughs> there's definitely stuff you yeah. don't want to emulate but, uh, i don't know how much you guys can talk can talk about oh we can this. talk yeah yeah we yep. can it's just trying to like recall the exact sequence um when did this happen by the way 2006 we were signed yeah we were so, 16 uh-huh so we were working with this one producer who had a friend from uh what eventually became our management mm-hmm. um and our publisher, which was a conflict of interest, but whatever. Um, so, long story short, through this guy's friend, we met his boss, that was the the like lead manager at this company, mm-hmm. and um, he came to a show at the Viper Room one day, and afterwards we got coffee, and he said that he could basically get us signed within like three or four months. He just said that? Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you signed. Yeah. yeah. And he did, actually. Yeah, That's and crazy. he did. And he it's... had a connection with a yeah. R&R at Jive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, brought the the Jive personnel to another Viper Room yeah. show, I believe. They were, like, rented it out. And so and <laughs> it was a showcase just for them. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was really random. And let's see. And then after that, let's see, we had a couple meetings with them. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then they, they <laughs> trying to recall yeah. offered us a record deal. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And we're like, okay, let's. But they, um, was there any negotiating like back and forth after yeah, that? Yeah, there was a little bit. We but had like, a lawyer at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And, but we didn't know that they kind of signed us on the pretense that we would be like a Jonas Brothers type act. Yeah. And so they didn't tell you that at all. No. No. And they framed it like they wanted us to be like a like a Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, which we were cool with because we wanted to be part of that scene. Yeah, yeah that was like big at the time. Yeah. We're a band, and like, we we're sixteen. That's yeah. what we wanted to do. And like, so either they signed us with that 
idea of like, oh, hey, this is like a Panic at the Disco. This is Jive's thing into the whole emo scene or whatever. Mm. And then it changed into the Jonas Brothers or they were hiding it the whole time. So we don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of think that our manager sold us as the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong. We just weren't that. And we yeah. didn't want to be that. Yeah. Mm. Was there like a little bit of pushback afterwards? Like, did they ever like come out and say that? Or? Well, so... It actually ended up causing problems because there was like a really big disconnect between the management and the label. Yeah. So by the time we actually ended up uh, being released from the label, there was a lot of tension between... Well, we had a different manager at the time, but even that the second management that came in said that like the environment was like just really... Kind of icy. It was really <laughs> strained, the relationship between um, basically the band and the label. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the first manager, they were pretty. He was good at like keeping his word, gonna sign. But then, like, the details, I feel like the label was frustrated with, mm -hmm. and I think that dragged on. I think that's part of the reason why, like, that it, the relationship between us and their view of us was starting to sour. Yeah, but bit. so in the years uh, while we were signed, we uh, we worked with a bunch of songwriters and different producers, producers yeah. trying to get the single. Like the hit or whatever. Well, David Bendith was one of them. Yeah. Is there any other cool ones like that or big? Um, uh, Songwriter-wise, um, we worked with uh, Stacy Jones from uh, American Hi-Fi. Oh, cool. Yeah. All American Hi-Fi. Um, what did we write with? We worked with uh, uh, Mike from MXPX. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was really cool. We wrote two Same. songs with him. Who else did we do? Oh, we no, no. We were going to work with the guy from Evanescence, but then it didn't like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We, we went to did you go up, with him. Did you go up to Seattle to work with them? Or no, no like, he was in come town. Come yeah. Okay. yeah he... We worked with a bunch of random people. I'm trying to. I haven't really. Oh, uh, Shep Eric, Smith. Eric. Oh, yeah, Shep Smith. And uh, Eric Rossi. He did. Um, did Tori Amos and uh, Sarah Bareilles. Mm. Bareilles. Yeah. Now, did they know that they were, like, from the label that they were supposed to make I you guys so, a Jonas Brothers band? Yeah. yeah. So, one time when we. Because we were working with Eric. Uh, we did maybe four or five songs with him, Eric and Ross. by like the yeah. third writing session, he made the comment that uh, they don't that our label doesn't understand that they actually have songwriters mm -hmm. in us. Yeah, uh, because I I'm pretty sure he thought like he, oh, he had to like give us a song, write everything, mm -hmm. and put my vocal over basically, it. Basically, yeah. And he realized that oh yeah, we actually have ideas, and he made that comment. It's like okay, it's starting to all come together. Why, like, it's taking so long, and, you know, it seems like it's maybe not meshing, or, like, whatever we do right, they weren't exactly happy with Yeah, it wasn't good enough. We were putting out songs. For, like, a pop smash yeah. type of yeah. thing. It took a while. <laughs> were you guys able to pitch any of your own songs? Yeah, too? I mean, almost all of them were starting from our own songs, mm. and then, like, we would bring it to the producer and be like, Hey, this is an idea we have, and then we just finish it together. Okay. A lot, most of the songs were like that. Well, so, so it's a little bit of like what kind of we do, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on the session. Okay. Yeah, so some... there might have been like more songwriters. Yeah. yeah. Well, producer we, in it. We worked yes. with uh, also Mike Green. He was. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know who he is. He, he did is. like a. Some of Yellow Card, Paramore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what he's been up to actually. I think he's songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. When we worked with him, I remember one session that there was actually another professional songwriter that came in, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. she kind of was brief that that she's we gonna need to take the lead. That we weren't songwriters, so she came in with like pretty much fully like formed ideas, mm -hmm. and she was just basically bouncing it off of us. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to us like you collaborating. Know. And, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of awkward, but mm-hmm. she thought she had to do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there there were some sessions where we were definitely kind of taking the lead or more involved, and those are our favorite sessions. And then yeah. other ones, it's like you could tell like oh the control wasn't really with us at all, and mm-hmm. like. We were there because we had to be there, but yeah. they, they, they could have just written the songs and given it to and, us. But I would say we definitely, preferred. it improved us as songwriters. It, it was really, mm. it was, even the bad experiences taught us something. Yeah. 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 It's weird. I haven't thought about a lot of this in yeah. a while. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that happened. Well, like, it's crazy because you said you guys got, like, completely released, like, from the label from the label yeah yeah they didn't, so, like, they didn't like completely shelve you then the way you couldn't do anything for well, years we couldn't uh we couldn't re-record yeah, any of the songs that were that were going to be on the actual album mm-hmm. so like they they own the event, masters they yeah. stopped us from re-recording it well like so for a that, certain amount of time. the end phase of that whole era was uh we ended up getting new management mm-hmm. um and they were really legit like really good um and then we ended up going on tour, like three different tours, mm-hmm. and um, open for Cartel. And, and then we were like, "Oh, okay. When is our album that we finished like a year ago gonna? When are we guys gonna? When are you gonna put it out and have?" So a you guys tour? did a whole album. Yeah, yeah. basically did like two. They have the whole thing. Yeah. Everything is done, mastered, ready to go for wow. the most part. And so we were touring, yeah. and this is like the same time we got new management. So I don't know. A lot of like, like I said, like disconnect between. Uh, up until that point. Were you touring with Big Axe? Yeah, we yeah. touring with like Cartel, Red, Red Jumpsuit, okay. Apparatus. Did you have anything to sell while you were there? We had download cards. So it was okay. like three of the songs from the album. Mm-hmm. And we were pushing that. But we wanted to release our album and yeah. like, you know, build a fan base of our own mm. type of thing with our own music. Because we weren't able to really release anything in those like couple years of songwriting. Like, we released a couple, like, demos that we made. But they but, weren't available on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, but or... we were a signed band that didn't really put anything out until we did those download cards. Dang. Yeah. Is that stuff on your uh, it's still Spotify out. now? It's still, yeah, it's, it's still... still out, yeah. And then we did, like, you the Free Realm that. song around mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. So that those things, some of the, the, the download stuff is on the Spotify. Yeah, those, yeah. those are it's the like three... Love Me When I Leave. Yeah. Uh, those are the three Jive songs that they released. Like, they're yeah. still available. So those were released. That's cool, at least. Yeah. yeah, at least that. But that was towards the end. But we wanted. But you did re- like two full CDs worth of stuff, and it never got released. Absolutely, we did one basically with the producer in Memphis, Paul mm-hmm. uh, Ebersold, and then we did almost a whole nother album with David Bendit, and then we just pushed, picked the best two, and then the best David, ten songs from both. Yeah, the best. Combined. I'm sorry, the best from each, and then um, David mixed it all, and then it was mastered, and, and that was our album. And we were sitting on it, and. They be- yeah, it was shelled for a little bit. How long was that between the time that you finished and it was and they approved it? Like how long was that and before they basically said we're not releasing this? Um maybe, maybe a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half or so. Yeah. Wow. And they, they were still giving us like I don't know if they didn't really know what to do with us, I think. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's they put us out on tour. Yeah, they put us out on tour and I think they just wanted to see if like people would react to it and like i think people were but like yeah it takes longer than like three few week long tours to yeah. like yeah get real buzz going especially when you don't have any music release well that, that also like well that made it more frustrating because we wanted to have our music release because people were responding um and then yeah then we ended up and then at one point i remember the the management left 
as like Jive was dropping a bunch of bands, mm-hmm. and then I think they eventually became RCA. They got like mm-hmm. yeah. Um, this was kind of at, like right around the the financial crisis. Yes, and yeah. so I it, think that probably played a little bit into it because I think these labels were like, oh shit, we need to. Am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you can just beat me. Um, oh shit, we need to, you know, like, cut some of our costs. Mm-hmm. We can't just be developing all these acts who don't have anything out there. I think that probably weighed into it. And we, they didn't, like we said, they didn't really know what to do with mm-hmm. us. That's, I, I would imagine that's probably what really happened was the fact that Napster crap happened in 2000, or 2000 mm-hmm. and, like, they were trying to make some money off of, like, iTunes and things, but that yeah, t- I think sales. at that time, the CD sales had tanked mm-hmm. so much, sure. oh, yeah. it was really buying a lot at all, mm-hmm. and I think that's when they started catching up with them, that they couldn't spend like they used to spend. Yeah, yeah and at the same time, I remember they were talking about, like, how we were one of the last bands to not have a 360 deal, mm-hmm. so, like, that kind of yes. goes on the idea of actually making money through uh, album sales. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of a whole paradigm shift and we're just at the tail end of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a friend, uh, actually one of my close friends, Chris Wallace, was in the White Tie Affair. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember him? Okay, yeah. like, yeah, he uh, got signed probably about the same time. Mm-hmm. To where, like, I think it was towards the end of the MySpace era yeah. where he'd, like, put some stuff down and, like, just made a band and it was dance pop punkish yeah. yeah, thing, rock, that. and it was fun, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, around the same era, so I don't, it, you could just totally see like that kind of stuff slowly slow down. I th- what world they're in at the time? Well, I think rock in general. I mean, like, oh, last, yeah. take a look at like how how much has been released, at least on even major labels, in the last ten years. I, I mean, well, yeah, it kind of got taken over by uh, first synthy pop rock, and yeah. then it became like uh, EDM, and now it's a mixture of EDM and like hip hop, which is really doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know that for me. Like the whole, the whole, the whole thing is like a shift in like a paradigm, mm-hmm. and how bands are gonna going to make money going oh. forward. Yeah, I mean, if you're really big, you can make some money off of Spotify if yeah. you don't have any attachments. It's like if you're on like a big label, they're gonna take most of that money. Yeah, I am mean, sure. Mm-hmm. Like your publishing, you'll get your songwriting, I'm sure, but the publishing is just gonna be gone. Yeah, you'll never get that back. But uh, I think for for my label, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm going to have the bands do a lot more than just music mm-hmm. uh, to get sponsorships. And we're mm-hmm. going to do, obviously, like a lot of YouTube stuff, podcasts, any, Twitch, anything that they're open to doing. Like, I want to have as much media and as much content out there as possible yeah, for them. that's a good idea. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about that? Like, you think that's like a different way to go about nowadays? I feel like you would need to, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's a good way to um, have a presence. <laughs> yeah. Sort of adapt to the new... Um, I guess music industry or mm. whatever. Um, or the way people like just. Well, the way they consume yeah. an artist. It's not just like CD sales. It's mostly streamed, like that people listen to. So you're not, you're not gonna really like blow. Up. Yeah, exactly. You figure like it's more single based, probably. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh definitely. I mean, you guys are kind of doing that now. I mean, yeah, you're releasing we haven't your songs released like an album in ten yeah. years, yeah. but I, a couple EPs. Would, and... We have like albums worth of material, but yeah, it's mm. it's just kind of costly and time consuming. I feel like people overlook a lot of the songs that you'd want them to like. Yeah. Pay special focus to, and that like they just won't commit that much attention to a whole album songs. But yeah. if you do a single every couple months, to get like uh, attention. a wider appeal, you definitely need to do that. Mm. Although I love. An album as like its own work. Yeah, um, I think I, most musicians like do. Yeah. Yes, I mean albums are great because they can tell a story. Yeah, like a song can do it too, but it's not as long. Obviously, yeah. it's not as big of a. It's a feeling. part of the story. Yeah, it's part of the small part of the story, yeah. or it could be its own individual like thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so with the 
with the like singles every once in a while, I think that you could probably do both. Like I think I want to do both where like I want them to be yeah. releasing like a single maybe once a month. Yeah. But then also be working towards an album Bigger towards project. the end of the year. Yeah. So you can have a little bit of both because we'll I'll miss I'll totally miss that. Yeah, I do album too. vibe. Like, you know Me too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and if the songs are really good, they they just work together mm-hmm. and, and you don't get that. That's true. Single. Even if with the, even if you do singles, they can totally work together. Yeah. Because I mean, when you guys were doing, you're producing your stuff for your uh, for Jive. You guys didn't do all those in one shot, right? No, you no, were going it, around with person to person. It to took person, a long time. Right? Yeah. 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 For the most years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what would you guys say would be the best part of what you guys kind of went through? Through Jive. Yeah, through Jive. Um, learning what. The business is like yeah mm-hmm. at like a higher level than Seen- just playing like uh, random shows in LA. You know, yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of looking behind the curtain. Or, yeah, like, what a lot of people are like striving hard to like get to. It's like oh yeah, we saw what that actually looks like, and it's like not as glamorous as people think. Also, I think touring was really cool. Seeing North America at like nineteen was pretty nice, and then learning how to record and be a band. I yeah, think, being a recording musician as opposed to just a live musician. Because we just skill set. We wrote and, and worked with producers so much that I think we learned how to be a band in the studio, and I think that that allows us to take a song idea and and you know portray it the way we want to do it, because we can communicate and kind of and plan it out. We can give it, where, it yeah. as like a finished product. We can get it to where we like it enough where the producer can pick up and make it even better and surprises and stuff. Well, yeah. Was it a little bit rough in the beginning? Maybe I think you just you learn how the recording process goes, and you don't really know what to expect, and so you're you're letting someone who doesn't maybe know the song, who doesn't have the same vision, kind of guide the process. And when you know what to do, and you know how to kind of get where you want the song to be and to match up to your vision, I think you can communicate that, and then a good producer just makes it better. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, I think playing to a click is an awful experience yeah. for anyone. Even just basic so, like, skills like that. Yeah. yeah, so that took like a little bit of time, but now I, I'm comfortable with it. And... Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you know. You come in and like knock it out, and like, all right, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like we definitely developed a lot of our skills mm-hmm. through that experience, especially songwriting and like we said, recording. Yeah. Um, it also made pers- continuing pursuing music after worth it and 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 finding some sort of success even if it's different attainable like oh we saw how close we got before we now know certain mistakes not to make and certain things to avoid also the nature of music had changed a lot of that point and so we're like this is still doable why let's not give up let's keep like making music because i mean we're probably gonna do that anyways there's a lot of cool things that came out of it like i don't regret it at all though it was frustrating like yeah it's it taught me how to like manage feeling stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. And there was just a lot of that because like you get the high of a uh, oh we got signed. I'm 16. I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Did your parents have to do anything for that? Because you're 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had to like I don't know what my, not co-sign, but like because yeah. I don't think they could technically sign you no. sign you until no. you're 18, right? Yeah. Well, or um, I think they had to sign with us, like my maybe your parents. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. That's yeah. That's where yeah. I forgot about that. What would you guys say uh, that I should do to maybe watch out for like some of the the other the the not so cool parts? Like what what's something that I can do that would not you know that would help a band or yeah. not hinder a band? Um. No, that's a good question. I don't know. I think 
the way you approach production is actually really helpful. Yeah. And bands that have never experienced an actual producer can like, um, it can be overwhelming and they might recoil a little bit at like being told what to do or like. So you kind of need like a light touch with them. Yeah, well, I think it's a useful experience to have your ideas like judged by a producer if you've never done it. Yeah. Especially how you record, like. But you hear he does that, like, like. Well, yeah. yeah. Like. I, I well, I'm know. saying like like, if you've never experienced that, a band might not like that, so they might think that like, oh, you're he's not fun to work with or something. Yeah. Which I I don't think they would think that would be. But <laughs> well, um. But I think that's something you definitely. That every band needs. They kind of need to get their. They need a a, a bitch slap of reality as a yeah. musician. <laughs> you know, well, like it, it's, it's the light one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as far as things not to do, maybe just being clear with the vision. Like like the mistake we had was the label thought one thing and we thought we were another thing. Yeah. But like you, we've always been clear with our vision with you. I think you already do that. So, but I, as a producer and band relationship. Being clear with what you want and how you want to be perceived, and making sure that you guys are both on board. So just being pretty much honest, 100% yeah, on front. yeah, yeah. I, not having any. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. That's not really advice to you because you already do that, <laughs> which is why we like working with you. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't think of anything that like you don't already know <laughs> to do. <laughs> I kind of explained the idea a little bit to you guys uh, about what I wanted to do uh, and how I wanted to do it. What do you guys think of, I, I talked to my other friends about this, uh, what do you think of being like almost 100% transparent with the money, like going into the label, like to anyone? Like, I, I, um, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, would you guys, because this label's, this podcast is going to go forward, hopefully even after the label starts. Yeah. Um, to kind of continue to show like, hey, what's going on yeah. in the label? What? Would you be not happy with like other people knowing how much money maybe you guys were bringing in? No, I, that, I mean that doesn't bother me. But maybe maybe when I was younger that would bother me, but like, mm -hmm. what do you mean like like showing off like success? Well, or... I mean just like to, it, on the podcast. Obviously, we're going to be talking about money. Yeah, like how much money is come, stuffs coming in, coming out? Oh, I, I mean, see. Like if it's embarrassingly low yeah, or something. Be, yeah, or... <laughs> like oh, we sold one shirt in the month of May. Oh, like disclose. Maybe not discloses. Okay. Little, little tiny things <laughs> but, like that, but like just in general, like how much a, a band might be making that year. I think you have to be honest. Like if you're doing a podcast where you're, I feel like the whole point of doing that is to be accessible and so to show people what you're actually going through i feel like you would have to be honest at least to a certain extent it depends how you handle it like um if i don't know it, it, yeah if it's not like to embarrass anyone yeah you know yeah. or or just flaunt it but you're just being time. real maybe yeah if i mean it, i think if it's relevant to the what you're discussing then mm -hmm. then yeah like if you're having discussion about how you make money or what is lucrative yeah. in the business because like I think that's, that, that's how you keep going. So mm. like that's important. I think it'd be helpful for other artists to hear it though too. Like oh, this is what these other artists are making. Like then at least to protect them from having a crappy deal or to know what's out there or like hey, these guys aren't. I'm doing way better. Maybe they're screwing up or something. Like as part of the honesty that I wanted to kind of bring to it yeah. was like I know it'd be kind of naked to feeling to be like hey this is all this information's out there yeah of how we're kind of almost doing yeah but at the same time it 
since I'm going to be wearing so many different hats and the label itself is going to be more of like a content creation like label. Yeah. I'm scared that people are going to be thinking that I'm like taking advantage of all these. Oh, bands. okay. Yeah. And so I uh, think that'd be cool for the one bands. Guy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's going to be one guy or one label. It's, yeah. Obviously, it's going to grow probably into more people working with it, but there'll be more hands in the pot. And I just don't. I want everybody to know that I'm not like out there taking advantage. Yeah. Of, like, hey, I'm taking all the money. Like, you run into a crappy promoter or something, and they yeah. Think, oh, sorry, we didn't make any money tonight. Yeah. You know? I think the more hands that are in the pot, the more transparent you need to be, just to keep everyone happy. And and well, when you put it that way, like how you just like, like qualified it, mm. um, I think transparency is important in that way. But oh, I, I thought like when you asked the question, maybe like, oh, we're just gonna like disclose every like post it i mean <laughs> i would kind of like to uh-huh maybe not like on the front page of like yeah. whatever website yeah, yeah. it is well, it's just not that interesting but like if someone to... wanted to look it up it'd be like hey Make there's, it there's the numbers if you want to go <laughs> yeah. search it you know like I think if the goals so that nobody feels like they're being had or being mm -hmm. screwed in some way then i think that then yeah take all the necessary steps yeah. like shows where we're like actually spending because i mean obviously I mean, you guys probably didn't run into it too much, but, like, labels just, like, they just do whatever the heck they want, and they charge it to the band. You yeah. know, like, I ran into that a lot when I was recording at studios, and, like, label projects would come in, and they'd be like, oh, we bought you sushi with your money. Yeah. You know, like, and we paid for everybody to have it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think if we were on an indie, that would happen a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think they just have, they have, you know, less money to work with, usually. That's true. When we were on Jive, it was just, like... They were just kind of developing us and stuff, and like these would be costs that they would like try to get back after we had like done something big. Well, that's and the that, whole we thing never about got that recouping. far. You'd never, yeah. even after you'd released those albums, most bands would never pay recoup. that back. No, so I know. You'd they... only the only thing you'd have would be your songwriting, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that way we kind of got. It's definitely something spin. to keep in mind. <laughs> Like the transparency dimension of it. That's cool. I was saying they spent a ton of money on this. So oh yeah. We don't, <laughs> we don't owe them anything, and we got a cool experience out of it. So that's probably the most positive way to look at it. That's pretty sweet that you didn't get completely shelled for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of times, even with band, like if they wanted to, if they saw you guys like doing really, really well, like some some label, not yeah. Jive, obviously. If you were d doing something competing with a similar artist, they might want to like. Hold on well, the, to you, yeah. sign you, and not do anything just because they didn't. They want you out of the way. Yeah, kind of deal. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> was yeah. part of it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, not for us. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. They didn't see you doing Jonas Brothers stuff. Yeah, they're like, yeah, just go. Although we they wanted like, us to, but yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, we we just recorded a little bit. Yeah. But thanks for sitting down a little bit while it's a little quieter now. Thanks for helping and, us. Yeah. Oh, no problem. If only we could attract vocals now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. In a way, we are. <laughs> I really love those guys, and uh, I know that what they kind of went through is what a lot of bands went through. And uh, what I want to strive to do with this is to make sure that bands don't have to worry about being taken advantage of or not told the full story, and that they know exactly what I say is exactly what I mean. Because anything other than that, it's... It's either a conflict of interest at best, and you're a liar and a thief at worst. Well, on that cheery note, um, thanks for listening to podcast number three. We're not going to do interviews every single time, but uh, I try to get them as much as possible, just because hearing myself talk is it's crazy. 
<laughs> so if you guys want to follow along some more, we got some more stuff in the future. I'm probably uh, talking to somebody about an LLC, definitely talking about what I'm going to be um, doing to offer for the bands, all those things are coming up soon. Maybe another one with my wife, seeing if she is happy about uh, how realistic I think this is. And uh, all those other fun things that we're probably going to have to come up with. <laughs> Trademarks, who knows. <laughs> so follow along on your favorite podcast app and see you next time.